Bulls play another summer league game today, facing off against the Washington Wizards. What are some of the things to look out for in that game? What we're going to talk about on today's episode. We're also going to dive into the mailbag and hear voicemails from you guys. We're going to get into all and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. You guys can follow the channel right off the top at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. Now, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And the Bulls face off against the Washington Wizards in Summer League today, their fifth Summer League game, and quite possibly their final Summer League game on top of everything else. I doubt with already losing two games that they make the Summer League playoffs. Unless every team above them loses in the next day or so. But with that said, in the final Summer League game, what are some of the things we're looking for? Well, it's very similar to what we looked for in the last Summer League game. We want to see Dale and Terry still have a, a hopefully, a big scoring game, right? We don't, want, we don't need to see Dale and Terry drop 30 meaningless points in Summer League, but have an efficient shooting night for once, right? That's what we really want to see. He's done everything else extremely well in Summer League. Defend, rebound, get blocked shots get steals, get out in transition, pass the ball pretty well in getting out in transition. The thing that we want to see from Dalen Terry now is simply, can he shoot a little bit better? And even at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, right? As I've said before, his shooting prowess is one of the bottom things that we need right now when we, when we, when we, if he gets minutes from the Chicago Bulls in this next upcoming season. So with that said, you know, you do want to see and hope that, you know, Dalen Terry can show a little bit progression there, of course, but it's not necessarily promised. So we're going we're gonna to see what Dalen has in the tank. And, uh, and ultimately, hopefully, right, it's something a little bit more positive. So, you know, that's what we'll see. That's what we'll hope. Um, and then, of course, Julian Phillips. How, does he continue to look and that shot look a little bit better? How does he give the energy, right? I think in the last game, we really needed Julian Phillips' uh, energy in that loss. We'll end up seeing what happens with that. But, you know, Julian Phillips has been really really good overall in the summer league for a summer league game left something to be desired for but I think you're starting to be able to see why the Bulls selected Julian Phillips for sure and it definitely has opened up some Bulls fans minds on him as well and we got to continue to see if that's going to continue to grow and cultivate and stuff like that now you know what what I would like to see from Julian Phillips is just I want to see Julian Phillips lock somebody down defense like you guys know I'm a defense guy. Yeah, the shooting, the scoring, all that is good. Keep taking that three-pointer with a lot of confidence, of course. But I want to see Julian Phillips absolutely shut somebody down defensively. Like, it would just, it would be nice to see. That's my own personal thing. Uh, next up, Adama Sanago. Um, and I've, I've seen, I think it was just really one person comparing Adama Sanago to Kofi Coburn. And what I'm going to say is watch actual basketball. There's nothing similar to Adama Sanago and Kofi Coburn other than the fact that they both dark-skinned brothers. and pretty big, right? But Kofi Coburn was literally just big. Adama Sanago has some footwork. He's he's uh, much better as far as refinement and actual in, and actual basketball skills. Kofi Coburn had no skills other than just being big. Everything that he did was by the nature of being bigger than everybody in front of him. That's why you don't see him in the NBA or even in the summer league now, right? He, he just was big. He wasn't good defensively, didn't have footwork, couldn't switch at all. Adama Sanago, while, yes, he is slower with the, some of the things he does, but he's already shown an ability to use his length in switches and pick and rolls. And then on top of that, much more refined offensive player. And that's what we want to see from Adama Sanago, right, is 
Rebound the ball. Get those get those putbacks. Get off your shot a little bit more, right? Take some people, you know, off the dribble. Use your post moves a little bit more. That's kind of what I want to see from Adama Sinago, but I think we're going to mainly see him down in the G League a lot as well. Now, next up, Javon Freeman Liberty. I mean, listen, just keep leading, young fella. Just keep playing the way that you play and keep getting those buckets, keep getting those points, keep just wowing Bulls fans and doing what you can do in summer league to try to earn that roster spot. You know, I want to see him shoot a little bit more efficiently than what he shot in the last game for sure. I think he ended up shooting like 39%. Let's get back up that efficiency he's had over the course of the summer league. But overall, the biggest thing that I want to see from Javon Freeman Liberty is get that training camp deal at the minimum and then earn that roster spot next season. Hopefully pushing Carly Jones, yes, even G League MVP Carly Jones, pushing him out the way and getting that, getting that roster spot, especially if Io ends up leaving, which seems less likely every day. But, you know, other than that, Henry Drell, you know, Nate Darling, keep doing their things. I think they're Windy City Bulls bound, and that's absolutely fine. We'll see if we can, you know, keep growing something and get something out of them as well. Yago Dos Santos, man, listen, listen, that, that dude, he's going to be the next De- Devon Dotson for the Windy City Bulls if he sticks around and just, you know, probably be one of those players that plays a little bit for that team for a couple of years, maybe get some calls up with injuries, but Yogo Dos Santos really has shown me some stuff as well that I've really liked from his game. And, you know, again, these are all in perspective of it being Summer League and, you know, for a lot of them G League, but, you know, we'll talk about it, man. But overall, that's really kind of it. Uh, Last thing, you know, as we go forward and wait on this disabled player exception, I think it's more likely, uh, well, we got the disabled player exception, but as we, you know, wait for the next moves from AK and Eversley, I think it gets more and more likely that uh, good old Iota Sumo is probably back, coming back on that qualifying offer. But enough for me on that one. Let's go ahead and get into the voicemails for today. This first one, this one's from Mark. Zion Williamson and porn stuff. No, just kidding. How you doing? Hey, this is Mark. Uh, fun little question. Um, what do you think, where would you rank with the current big three, Zach, Jamar, and uh, Nikola Vucevic? Where do you think they rank, if they rank on your all-time with, based on what they've done with the team while they've been with the team during their during their time here, where would you rank Jamar, Zach, and Booch? Do you put Zach? Would you slot Zach? Um, as even though he, he could alternate between the two and the three, but he's really a more so a two. Would you slot Zach under Michael, or would you slot Zach somewhere under Ben Gordon? Would you put Would you put Jamar under Ben Gordon, or would you put Jamar over Ben? Because, you know, DeMar can play the two as well. Or would you put DeMar in the three category and put DeMar above or below Blue All Dang? Where does Jimmy fit? You know, where would Jimmy Butler be on your all-time list? Is Jimmy Butler um, even considered on your all-time Bulls list? Where would you put Vooch? Is, is Vooch third best center of Bulls of all time? Fourth best? Whatever. This is a fun little question I thought uh, I would ask. Um, Low Bull C. Red. All right, great question here, Mark. Uh, I don't break it down by position. I, I think when you, when you do that, you get into it, to, into it. So as far as, like, my best centers and who's the twos and three, I don't care about none of that, right? None of that. My, my top bulls of all time are, of course, MJ, Pippen, Rose, Noah. Um, I love those guys uh, overall, and I just look at, you know, what, what they've done and you know, as much as I love Zach, uh, Zach Levine, he's not. He's probably ranked more around the Ben Gordon uh, area than 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 what any of those four players are. Um, I just uh, listen. I, I I like Zach, and I like um, I, I like what Zach brings. I like what Zach's skill set is. I like all of that. But listen, he doesn't even he doesn't even rank above uh, Dennis Rodman for me, 
right? And, and Horace Grant is a great all-time bull that you have to look at. Kirk Heinrich is one of my favorite bulls of all time. You still got to look at Norm Verlier. Like, you can't overlook some of these guys that I know not a lot of people think about because they it was so long since they played for the Bulls. But you can't – they just can't go above those guys. A lot of those guys won titles. Um, and, and Vooch and DeMar just haven't been here long enough for me yet. If, if DeMar leaves tomorrow, I'd probably rank him more around Nate Robinson than I would anybody else that's been here three, four years just because of the time aspect of it. Like, yeah, DeMar's had some great games as a Chicago Bull. Do not get me wrong. But I don't think he's had that type of success um, as far as wins and the big-time wins other than, yeah, that he's hit, hit big shots for us, absolutely. Games winners for us, absolutely. But like yeah, like I said, he kind of ranks more towards, you know, like I said, that that Ben Gordon area, Luau Dang, uh, and I still don't necessarily put him above those guys either. And that's not a slight on who DeMar was over the course of his career. We're just talking about his Chicago Bulls career. So that's a little bit different there. And as far as uh, Vooch, listen, Vooch is probably one of our top 10 centers of all time, probably statistically. But it's, again, I'm not ranking based off that position. I'm ranked based off everything else. And like, honestly, I probably still have a, a Taj as an all-time bull above what Nikola Vucevic has done. Again, not slights towards them. But the, and they, none of them touched Jimmy Butler. Let me be clear here. None of them touched Jimmy Butler because I got to see Jimmy grow as a Chicago Bull. Yeah, we got to see, Vu, I mean, uh, Zach do that as well, coming here after a couple of seasons in the NBA and really, you know, refining his game here with Chicago. But I just, I can't put him, I can't put those guys over there. Now, if they have a great playoff run, that could change some things. But listen, I, I just can't. Like, I probably put, I don't even know, I probably put Zach and DeMar over Ben Gordon somewhere just because Ben was here for a very short time as well. And the way he left didn't, I didn't quite like it. But like, they don't touch some of the all-time great bulls to me. That's just my personal opinion. You guys can let me know what you think down below. All right, let's get into this next one. This one's from Big O. Hey, what's going on? Hey, just uh, Big O. Just uh, got done watching your video uh, regarding the Bulls getting approved for the trade exception. Uh, really interested to see what what they do next with that. I'll be sitting back waiting on that. Uh, uh, called in a chime, chime in because I do hear a lot of people talk about uh, Patrick Williams playing a three or the four, or just players in general. And I, I don't know. You know, I kind of want to double down on what you were saying, follow up. Uh, I don't think a lot of fans like, really understand that uh, today's NBA is really positionless. You know what I mean? Like, it don't really matter if you play point guard, shooting guard, power forward, small forward, or center. These guys getting the same looks on offense, no matter what position they play. You know, guards are setting screens for bigs, bigs setting screens for guards, wings setting screens for guards. Guard setting screen for wing for uh, for wings. You know, it, it's it's no limitation offensively. So you know what you're listed as is coming into the game ain't really <laughs> really don't define anything of you know how the game is being played. You know what I mean? So if people want to say, oh, I want people to pay the three because we want a bigger power forward, a uh, Christian Wood or a Baca. You know, you want a six eleven big guy that can defend. You know. Uh, Bigger, bigger guys, you know, what, what Evan Mobley is to the Cavaliers, then that's a different story. Then you saying you just want to go big. But Patrick Williams, it really don't matter what position he plays. He's getting the same looks on offense. He's going to get the same exact look 
You know, he's going to have it. He's going to have his mid-range pull-up. He's going to get some open three. You know what I mean? He's going to have his opportunities to get him at your rebounds and putbacks. It don't matter. Point through seven. He's going to get the same look. It's just on him on how aggressive he's going to be and how hard he want to. He needs he need to play to prove it. So that, that's what that comes down to. And then you mention it, you know, if he's guarding threes, you know, you're saying that, uh, you know, it might not be to his advantage. It might be to his disadvantage. So if fans want to argue that, then it's just like, you know, but it really don't matter what position he's playing. If you say he needs to guard threes, then it's like, okay, who DeMar's guard? You know, and in that case, if you say DeMar's not here, it really don't matter. They're going to be switching everything. Between Julian Phillips, Julian Phillips and Patrick Williams out there, the three and four, uh, it really don't matter. They're going to be switching everything. So, uh, that's kind of like my take on that. A lot of fans don't really understand it, but it's the, the NBA is so positionless now. You know what I mean? Point guards, really. You see Steph Curry get hidden a lot when he's playing other than that dynamic point guards. You know, Steve Curry, they got schemes. You know, every time I get the question, I, I say something about Patrick Williams playing the four, and everybody's like, no, he should be a three. And every time I ask reasons, the reasons suck. I, the best reason that I got, from somebody yesterday was just saying, well, the NBA seems to be going more towards big front courts again. And then they mentioned the different nuggets. And Patrick Williams is literally the same height with a longer wingspan, and he currently weighs more than Aaron Gordon. So, like, the people were like, well, the, the nuggets front court is traditional. And I'm like, so you're saying Aaron Gordon is a traditional power forward, but Patrick Williams isn't? It's just, it's funny to me. And I think it's also because player people go and look at ESPN stats, which ESPN has not updated Patrick Williams' weight since college. They literally have just carried that over. He was 220 at the draft combine when he got drafted, and they still have him listed as 215, and he's definitely put on 8 to 10 pounds of muscle. Uh, Patrick Williams is really more like 20, 225, 228 at this point. So it's like, hey, I, I get what people are saying, but I really do think had Patrick Williams came in playing power forward, and if he not, it was not so, as passive, there's nothing that changes about Patrick Williams' game moving him to the small forward. Like I said, it really exposes more of his weaknesses than really helps anything else. And I think people have now conflated the fact of Patrick Williams needing more shots with being at the power forward or DeMar, because DeMar's at the small forward, meaning that, oh, if Patrick Williams moved to the small forward, he just gets those shots DeMar doesn't have. He's going to get more shots if DeMar wasn't on this team regardless. But it, again, it's not based off position, at least not for me. But I agree. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. 
Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. With a lot of what you said, Big O, NBA's definitely moving towards positionless basketball. We've been getting closer and closer to that over the last decade. And yeah, while some teams are, are moving back to some traditional lineups, it's still not very much the commonplace. When you have players like Grant Williams getting paid what they're getting paid, right, as, as being primarily just a power forward, right? So, you know, it kind of is what it is there. And then even some of the same people that say Patrick Williams is a small forward say they want uh, Trendon Watford here to play power forward. And then, like, it's, it, it is what it is, man. Fans are just going to fan, and that's absolutely fine. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Oscar. Hey, what's up, man? It's Oscar. How you doing? Uh, just calling. Man, the more I think about it, now that we got that player exception, I, I know Kenny Oubre, defensively, you know, he can get forward depth and he can rebound. But, man, I really wish we would go after Christian Wood. Hear me out on this. Our second unit, let's say we bring Ayo back, our second unit, well, what is it going to be? And Patrick Williams outright wins the, 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 the starting power forward position. Our second unit is going to be what? Ayo, Caruso, Torrey Craig, Drummond. That right there, you're already talking about four defensive-minded players. They Yeah, they, they score here and there, but they're not really bucket getters. They're not really a guy that, guys that you can say, hey, go get yours. Go put up 20 points. They're not like that. So if you surround Christian Wood with Andre Drummond at the five, Torrey Craig at the four, or whatever, at the three that plays defense, Caruso at the two, and, and Ayo. Man, you're talking about a defensive second unit, and you got a guy that could come in and give you 20, 15 points a game on the bench because we struggle with that. That's one of the things that kills us. Yeah, offense, our starting five is great, and they can get buckets with anybody, but we don't have the secondary pieces. So I'm really hoping, man, that they don't just go there and go get another 6-7 wing that can defend and hopefully knock down some threes. Bro, we need a bucket getter. To stagger, and then when they stagger the lineup with with Zach and Demar, you put a Christian Wood there. That's another weapon they got. They besides boots that they got to account for. Let me know what you think, man. Christian Wood. Okay, here's what I'll say with Christian. Right, I especially with what is left in free agent market. This is why I do think there's a big chance that the Chicago Bulls hold on to that disabled player exception. Keep in mind the disabled player exception. Um. It expires in March, kind of right after the trade deadline. So the Bulls do have to use it by then. But Christian Wood can score. Do not get me wrong. When you look at the most points per game he averaged in his career was in 2020-21, and that was 21 points per game. He also averaged nine rebounds per game and uh, 1.2 blocks per game in that. But guess what? He took 15 shots to get 21 points. 15 shots to get 21 points. And before some people make the, the, the comparison, because I know it's coming, for example, the, Zach Levine averages 17 points to get 24 points per game. And the last time, his most efficient season, he was taking uh, right around 19.4 points per game to get 27.4. So Christian Wood has some inefficient as far as even with his scoring. And one of the reasons that he was a bench player primarily for that uh, that Dallas Mavericks team is because Christian Wood can't guard for his life. Now, I do love the fact that Oscar, in his argument, built in the fact that we have defenders coming off the bench, and maybe those defenders can carry, carry uh, cover up for Christian Wood. But I think also we tend to look at things like, oh, well, if a bench player is coming in. That means they're playing with every bench player. Christian Wood isn't going to play every single minute he's on the court next to Andre Drummond. He's not going to play every single minute on the court you know, with Iota Sumu or, or Alice Caruso, it's not going to happen. So you still have to look 
at those defense, uh, those defensive uh, liabilities that he brings. But here's what I'll say. The Bulls, if the Bulls moved and got Christian Wood with the disabled player exception, it still helps your team, right? And so it's a calculated risk. I don't think he's the perfect player to, to acquire, but I don't think a perfect player is left to acquire with that disabled player exception. Anyway, the Bulls have to do what they can. And Christian Wood does present a scenario and a player that can definitely help the Bulls in some areas that they do need it. And bench scoring is important for playoff runs. Bench scoring is important over the course of the season. So Christian Wood does bring a lot of that. And so I understand that. And he's probably towards the top of my list as well, just based off what's left. Um, so, hey, unless the Bulls can pull the trade for somebody that we don't necessarily expect, if they, if they go the, the free agent market now, which I still say, keep in mind and wait that there's going to be a while before the Bulls use that disabled player exception. Um, but Christian Wood offers a solid scenario in that case. We'll see. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Edward Herring. Good afternoon, Brother Hayes. This is Edward Herring, and I want to talk about something regarding the Chicago Bulls. So Julian Phillips, you know, we just found, we just saw that he signed a significant deal for a second-round pick. I think it was about four years, $8.1 million with $5.9 guaranteed. The last year's a team option. But I think the Bulls signed him and even moved the trade for him during the draft because they see something special with him. And I think the floor for Julian Phillips is to be similar to Derrick Jones Jr. But when I look at him, his body type, the way that he plays with hustle, uh, determination, you know, he's gritty, you know, his defensive prowess, and uh, he's also a pretty good offensive rebounder. Um, the way he moves and runs and he's athletic – I think his ceiling is a guy like Sean Marion. You look at Sean Marion, he had a really excellent excellent career. He wasn't the kind of guy that was going to, you know, create his own shot and things like that. I don't even think they ran a lot of plays for Sean Marion, but Sean Marion was highly productive because he was active, he ran the court, he crashed the offense to rebounds, and he was always in constant motion. Sean Marion made a couple all-star teams, a couple all-NBA teams, and he was in a situation, he was kind of ahead of his time as being one of those modern power forwards um, that we see in today's game. I think Phillips, as he matures, gets older, he's going to push Patrick Williams for that starting power forward spot in a couple years. Yes, I know Patrick Williams, to me, has a higher, high, has more overall talent and skill, but there's something to be said about a player who plays with the kind of determination and grit and tenacity like a Julian Phillips. I know you maybe seem out on the limb, but I see something similar like that for Julian Phillips. Tell me what you think. See Red, go Bulls. First of all, Edwards is always on point. Shout out to you, fella, man, for just being as thorough. I know you said before you're thinking about getting into content creation. You got the voice for it. You got the knowledge for it. Go out and kill it, brother. Um, but as far as that, with Julian Phillips, floor being DJJ, and his ceiling being Sean Marion, I think those are great comps for him. Um, I really do think I, the Sean Marion one, when I initially heard it, I was like, huh, is that right? Uh, but then I, the more I thought about it, you're correct. And Julian Phillips absolutely can grow to push Patrick Williams or to play us alongside Patrick Williams, depending on where things go, right? They both have that 3-4 game. Julian Phillips, I think, is more a natural 4 um, and probably small ball 5 again if Billy Donovan's the coach for that whole time. But Julian Phillips is going, I, I think, can have a solid 
career. He's going to have to continue to work. He's going to have to ha- uh, 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 unleash that dog in him. He's going to have to go out and want it every day in practice. Julian Phillips is going to have to be one of those players that attacks it, that really, really attacks it, right, and and really owns his own development and is just hungry. And I think that he's gonna, he could do that, and he's shaped up to everything we hear about him, says that he's probably that. So I, lo- I love Julian Phillips, and that if his floor is DJJ, that means that at the bare minimum, you're going to get a rotation player, which in the second round doesn't come in dime a dozen. So we'll end up seeing, but I really do like Julian Phillips' game, the defense, the rebounding, the ability to stretch the floor. If that shot ends up staying consistent for him, the ability to get out in transition and yam it on people. The, uh, uh, Julian Phillips definitely has the chance to be some somebody's favorite bull. And by that, I mean just he just comes in with that dog mentality. And we'll end up seeing what that ends up being. All right, let's get into this last voicemail. This one's from Brian. What's going on, Hayes? This is Brian. I'm on Facebook with you. You call me a casual often. So I'm going to educate you guys a little bit on some stuff with the Bulls. I think they've overpaid for every single asset that they have. Zach Levine was never the guy to build around. DeMar DeRozan was a decent signing, but they paid double what anybody else would, plus a pick. The Vucci trade, way overpaid. They traded a good young guy plus two picks, and he's just not a difference maker. Patrick Williams was not a lottery pick. He's already a mistake and maybe on his way to being a bust. Dalen Terry, not a draft pick. I don't think he's an NBA player, and he's proving that in the summer league. Um, So with all this and the lack of draft pick and the lack of development from their other guys, they've they're stuck with a quote-unquote big three that is not a big three, do not impact winning together, and they do not have a chance to get much past the 10th seed. They're counting on the NBA being worse and them not getting better. I'm sure you're going to rip it apart. I look forward to listening to it, buddy. Have it going. Bye. Yes, I'm absolutely going to tear this apart. First of all, it's easy just to say somebody isn't a player to build around. But guess what? You have to build around something going forward. And guess what? Zach Levine has been the best player on the Chicago Bulls roster. And the one, what should they built around? Chris Dunn? They couldn't build around Laurie Marketing because Jim Boylan fucked that up. Like, at the end of the day, it's easy just to sit in a silo and say, oh, the Bulls shouldn't have built around Zach Levine. Okay, but then who should they have built? Who on this Bulls roster that has been here since Zach Levine has been here that ended up staying here should have been who we built around? Now, you could say, hey, the Bulls should not have hired Jim Boylan. Maybe then they would have ruined Laurie's confidence, and then things would have happened. Get an actual coach that could have developed those young guys. Yeah, then I'll say, okay. But at the end of the day, the woulda, coulda, shoulda, and the revisionist history on Zach Levine is disgusting from a lot of Bulls fans. As far as the Bulls overpaid to get DeMar and Vooch, yes, they did. That I can't argue with. Uh, the market with DeMar DeRozan, absolutely the Bulls did overpay. Now, I think he ended up paying into that, playing into that. DeMar DeRozan, who was the most overpaid uh, player in that free agency, ends up winning the Bulls games, breaking Wilt Chamberlain records. You can't overlook that. Vooch, listen, Vooch is a top 10 center in this league, and at the time that the Bulls played for, uh, traded for him, he was an all-star who was stretching the floor, hitting the three ball consistently. You're going to pay for that. Now, do I think the Bulls should have gave up two first rounds in addition to Wendell Carter? Nah. That's where you start getting into a little bit of territory. But, yes, they did overpay for them. I can't, I can't acknowledge, I can't say they didn't. They absolutely overpaid for that. As far as your estimations on Patrick Williams and Dalen Terry, idiotic. S- simply put, you cannot 
try to write a story on, especially Daylon Terry, who has just turned 21 years old and played the least amount of minutes per rookie at his draft selection in NBA history. It's stupid to do that. And I know he's had a rough summer league, but here's what I would tell you with that. It's stupid to sit there and and try to judge a player's NBA. Keep in mind, we've had players that had terrible summer leagues. Marcus, uh, oh no, Mario Chalmers looked way better in summer league than Derrick Rose did. How did that career pan out, right? Michael Beasley looked better than Derrick Rose in that summer league. How did that pan out, right? Summer league is not the place to try to judge somebody's skills. Summer league, for a lot of players, especially when teams know that you're going to be in the rotation, try to get you to work on things outside of what's going to be your actual game. It's way too early to say that Dalen Terry is not an NBA player. It's actually pretty stupid to say that at this point with where he is in his career. Could it wind up being true? That chance happens with anybody, but it's stupid to say it right now. As far as Patrick Williams not being a lottery pick, no, Patrick Williams was absolutely shooting up that draft. Yes, there, were, there have been players that absolutely showed more than Patrick Williams has that were drafted after him. And Patrick Williams has to unlock his own aggression. But the Bulls really don't run anything for him. And when they do run things for him, I've said it before, I've given this stat. When Patrick Williams has double-digit shot attempts, he averages something like 15, 8, and 6, right? That's that, 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 that right there, that potential shows that there's something there. Again, a 21-year-old player, you can't really write the story on him quite yet. Let's see what his career ends up turning into. Overall, though, when you look at the Chicago Bulls and you talk about this roster and things like that, this roster was just a season ago with a point guard to start the sixth seed, I believe, right? Is that where we were? Did we finish the sixth seed? This team can absolutely be higher than a 10th seed. The fact of the matter is, let's see if those additions actually push the Bulls to being there like we think they're going to. But hey, keep leaving your voicemails. Keep leaving your thoughts. That's Brian. He writes on fantasy. He's actually a really good fantasy writer. Make sure you guys go. If you're into fantasy basketball, go and check out Brian. But that's my time for today. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. And lastly, you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for our mailbag episodes, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.